All right, welcome back, Jack fans. Finally, holy crap, it feels like it's been like another year or something since basketball is played in William R. Johnson and that there was actually lumberjack basketball to uh, watch and take in on Saturday. But, man, finally we're back. We had a game, home game in the sawmill against UNO, and we are just pleased as <laughs> to be back. Finally, I, like, forgot what it felt like to – have a game or to record a podcast or do anything been so long I know it was just it was just so crazy that the fact that there was that we've only well you know this was up until Saturday we had only played five games when all these other teams have been playing like Abilene Christian for example has played like 11 games and we're here with just our five I'm just like man we have been probably the worst luck I don't know of the Southland no like all these games just postpone or canceled and you know having to scramble out what to do to make up for it or days to move things to and it's just been an absolute 2020 i need you to keep your 2020 shit in 2020 and stop leaking over into the i know the the overlap has got to stop it's just a little bit insane like we're supposed to keep all the bs all the trash all the dumpster fireness in 2020 and it's slowly kind of seeping through into 2021 and i'm not digging it not digging it not at all good god before we get into the game we'll just kind of give you guys a quick little recap of what's been going on in our lives and there really hasn't been much the probably the biggest thing i don't want to say it's big like the most exciting thing that we've done recently was uh have new year's eve and we had a little you know small little group together for new year's eve in nacogdoches um at the cottage wine bar which we will both be ranting and raving about this wine bar for like for forever because this wine bar in Nacogdoches is called the Cottage Wine Bar and Bistro. Um, it's fantastic. It's like, amazing, y'all. Like I, you do not feel at all like you're in Nacogdoches. No. And it's, it's super COVID friendly because it's like set up mostly outside, outside and yeah. like secluded little seating areas apart from each other that, you know, maybe seat six to eight or whatever. Um, of course, y'all know New Year's Eve was like a rainy night. Like a, by the time we got there at like nine, it wasn't like raining, raining, but it was misty. It was just cold. windy too. But thank windy. God we had the VIP sturdy as shit. Yeah. Like the Taj Mahal they gave us um, that was like bolted down. And so, I mean, the wind was whipping and stuff, but we were, you know, nice and dry and nice and well, warm. Well, I was yeah. warm. Jacqueline gets cold easily, even though we had a fire pit. But yeah, but it was so nice. I mean, they really took care really of us. Nice. Like we had this heavy duty tent. We had the fire pit. Um, yeah, I bought a bottle or two. Dot dot dot. Yeah, we were just they were like really treating us like VIP. It was it was a nice it, it was a nice little intimate New Year's Eve. So yeah, it was. I mean, we had maybe like what like six people maybe, and it was basically all people that we've been around before. So. Nothing crazy. Um, and, you know, they just have really good, they have so many different selections of wine. I think last time yeah. he said it was like 95 and above, like almost 95 different types of wine or more. And then they've, you know, slowly started adding all this like food and oh my God, the crepes. The crepes. They're very good. The crepes are so good. I mean, so the, I've had a, 
I've had dessert crepes and then regular like food crepes. So my favorite food crepe is the prime rib crepe. The prime rib crepe. When I tell you that this, I mean, oh my, I don't even know how to describe it. It is so good and like prime rib is just that type of meat that like you have to be sure that you cook it right. Otherwise it's going to be fucking just dry. dry as, yeah. Like, yeah. And so whoever's chefing back there, he's doing a fantastic job because that crepe is just like, mwah, mwah, shit, mwah. and then uh, the, one of the dessert crepes that I just absolutely am obsessed, the bananas Foster's crepe. Holy crapola. Just so good. And they have good charcuterie boards. They have also good like, little bites. Like they have dates. <laughs> Those bacon wrap dates looked good. I love dates. Mm-hmm. I should have tried one, but. Yeah, so you can take your date and go get a date. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't tried I haven't tried the rib crepe, but the Italian one is really good. That has like chicken and oh yeah, that one I heard that one was good. Yeah, and the Nutella. There's one. like another one I can't remember. It's not the Italian, but there's like there's a, a Florentine one that's good too. That's the one that my mom, and my grandma got when we went. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And the yeah, they just have, they have a bunch of stuff there. The then they also do like so they're doing like lunch and dinner, and they'll have like they have they have like soup, and um, they'll have different menu <laughs> menu items. You know, Ben Benjamin's really kind of just taking it and making it into like this very like sophisticated, you know, wine bar, very niche. Like it's not something that you can find really anywhere else in Nacogdoches, and really for the most part in East Texas. I mean, I don't know if there's any place like that in Tyler. I don't know. Not like that. Uh, yeah. And so he's just really making that a really cool spot. So I really encourage you guys um, to, if you have not been back to Nacogdoches or if you have, if you live here um, or live in East Texas and you haven't, and you're just looking for a place to go. I mean, and it, I, I mean, it's kind of family friendly. Everything's outside. So you can kind of have like a little area to yourself. And um, yeah, but if you're going for like a good date night, like that is the spot I'm telling you right now, like your date will be impressed with a capital I yeah, because it's very like intimate, and you can kind of yeah, have you your can make it intimate, world. or you can make it like just very chill. Yeah, because we've been there multiple times for multiple different occasions, and it's and it's been a great time each time. So, highly recommend it. If it's over there next brewery, so you can like start at the brewery and then hop over to the cottage, and then um, so it's off a of mounds there. <laughs> you just park in that uh, made like that public lot over there across from cowboy jacks and you can just walk across the street and boom you're right there so easy so easy so fun anywho so enough about and wine because we could talk all day about food and crepes and wine um let's talk about basketball which what you're really here for so Jacqueline tell us about who we were playing and maybe a little bit of background all right, so we played UNO. Uh, coming into the game, they were 1-7. and seven. The only team they had beat was Florida National, which I, I didn't fact-check this, but I'm, I'm going to take a stab that that's a D3. Um, <clears throat> they lost to the Ragin' Cajuns twice. They lost A&M. They lost to Jacksonville, Campbell, BYU, and Rice. So, I mean, they, they played a few big teams, A&M, BYU, Rice, Um but yeah. still, you know, one and seven. Um, so the history between us and them, we have seven wins and two losses. Our last matchup in February of this year, we won 81-74. to um, The largest margin of victory we have uh, in our history with them is a 40-point win, 103-63. to That was in 2014. 
Um, and the smallest margin of victory was that last matchup in February of this year where we only won by seven. So... So update on that, the Florida International, it's Florida International, Florida National, I'm sorry, yeah. Florida National University is a for-profit university, it's a two-year school, it's a private school, um, and it is NAIA independent. So it's a JUCO, two-year? It's a, it's a two-year, so, I imagine. I, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. It's NAIA, so I don't know if they have specifically different. Yeah, me neither. Uh, huh. Yeah, because it's kind of like that school that that school that we were playing. Um, what yeah. is that? Yeah, Laterno. Or no? Yes, the other one, LSU Alexandria. Aren't they oh, NAIA? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it's the same conference. Group. Yeah, or not conference? Yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Obviously, we did win uh, 78 to 67. Um, nice little 11 point win. Says that the attendance was 1,035. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure about that's, that attendance, but we'll accept it. It's fine. That's what the job <clears throat> is. That's all right. Okay, so moving on to the Southland standings, give everybody kind of a quick update where we're at. We're still holding on to second place there right behind Abilene Christian. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, Abilene Christian has obviously been able to um, really play the majority of their games for the most part. Like they're nine and two, and then then we're next at four and two. Uh, So, eh, I mean, got a long way to go. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to take that into consideration. I mean, obviously, like, it's not our fault that we haven't been able to play all of our games. So, I, I mean, does Abilene Christian automatically get the, you know, say that they, you know, have more wins because they've been able to play more games. So, they automatically get the Southland Conference Championship just out of because of that? Like, I know. I don't know either. So, I, I'm going to be you cu- know? curious. It'll be interesting to see how, how we end up because – really didn't like to know how state football kind of have the same problem where like their conference had said they had to win a certain number of games, but then they didn't get to play enough. And so they kind Mm -hmm. of, didn't they like take it back to the board and vote for them to get to play in that game? Yeah. 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 Basically. I mean, that's why everybody was all, well, not everybody, but majority of people were pissed like (laughs) that they were able to play in the, um, because it's a big 10 thing. So any rule to play in the big 10 championship, they had to play a certain amount of games. Right. Or at least win a certain amount of games, play a certain amount of games, whichever you want to say it as. And they ha- they weren't going to be able to do that just because so many get their games got canceled. And so, um, I mean, Ohio State, obviously, bar none, is the best team in the Big Ten. So in order for them to have any sort of Big Ten to win a national championship again, they had to make it so that Ohio State could play. No offense to any of the other Big Ten yeah. schools out there, but straight up, you're just sorry yeah just can't do it so I, I think so it's... I don't know but I mean uh, that's a legitimate question I mean just because Abilene Christian has technically won more games because they've been able to play more games right that doesn't necessarily mean that I mean should that mean that they win the by default or you know what I mean or get first uh in Katie get first uh seed yeah I think 
I think it'll all be up for debate depending on how it ends up. I mean, I just, yeah. there's like no precedent for this. So we'll see. I know. So I, Cause I just don't like we have enough games left on our slate to even like even supersede them. Even if right. we won all of our games, the, even if we won every single game we have left. Yeah. You know, and then they play every single game they have left. Like, is it even mathematically possible? Probably not. You know, and the odd anyway, we'll have more canceled. So, yeah, yeah. Just realistically, fingers crossed. Evelyn Christian has a lot of games canceled, and then we just like don't have any, and then we just <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be great. Anyway, so uh, like I said, they're nine and two. We're four and two. So one and two. Uh, number three is Sam Houston State at seven and five. Uh, Central Arkansas and that Sam Houston State ends the uh, the winning streaks or the winning side of it. Everybody yeah. else is definitely under 500. So we got Sam Houston or Central Arkansas at two and seven, HBU same, UIW three four, NM Corpus Christi three six, Southeastern two and seven, McNeese six and four. How the hell is McNeese down there? Six and four. Later. Oh, because it's conference. I am so okay, because they lost their conference game. I was so fucking confused. All right. <sighs> Whoa. Whoa. Has, we haven't played basketball in a while. I just fucking lost my train of thought. Okay. That makes so much sense. I was like, how is that even possible? It's because they lost their first conference game. Got it. Um, there's only three schools that haven't played a single conference game yet. CYW, Corpus Christi, and SELA. Um, everyone else is either won or lost. So Nichols, Lamar, Nola, Nola's now at one eight, and Northwestern. God, one and eleven. That's, That's not good. Really bad. That's real bad. <clears throat> Yikes! I don't know who all they played, but that's still not good. I, still not good. Still not good. Oh, now I want to see who. I, didn't we look before who their one win was? And it was some, like, small school. Yeah, it was just a nobody like, school, but I can't remember who all their losses were, too. I have no idea. <coughs> Anywho, okay. That is the Southland Conference as it is currently stands. All right. Uh, Sean Kennedy's stats section. So, our field goal percentage was 56.5. Meh, not bad. Um, actually, the first half... Works. First half, it was pretty bad, 46%. Yeah. Second half, we came back with a vengeance, 70%. Um, so, kind of evened it out. Three-point percentage, about the same. The first half, we were, like, uh, as far as doing pitiful the first half and better the second half, we were 20% the first half and 50% the second half. So, we, we balanced out for 28.6, which is not terrible. Um, <clears throat> free throw percentage, not bad, 72.7%. I would say anything that's like 70% above I'm this season with. for free throws is two thumbs way, way up yes. for me. You know, obviously we'd like it to be higher, but at least 70 and like above said, is 70 acceptable. And up. Yeah, that's acceptable. 70 and up is pay. We're doing good, babe. So uh, points in the paint, we have 40, which was nice. Um, points off yeah, turnovers, really we had 25. Uh, second chance points, not... Super great because we only had six. Um, yeah. And we missed like 20-something shots. So, uh, fast break points, we had 19. Bench points, we had 28. 
Um, total rebounds, 29, not super high, but uh, we only had nine offensive boards and 20 defensive rebounds. Um, we had 26 fouls. They had 25, so pretty even. It was pretty even there. Um, we did have multiple people in foul trouble, which I'll cover in some of my grievances, but the, the, I mentioned it as well. The overall foul count was pretty even. Some of the some of the fouls they called, I wouldn't necessarily agree with, but I digress. Um, <laughs> twenty turnovers. We forced twenty three turnovers. So I mean, not as much separation there as I would care to see. You know, that um, we were only yeah, three three turnovers less than them, but uh, seven steals and two blocks. So, our game leaders, the player of the game was Raw T. He had 20 points, two rebounds, three assists, and three steals. <clears throat> Gavin almost got a double-double. He had 15 points, eight rebounds, and one assist. <clears throat> so, uh, our feats of strength. So, my starting five. So, uh, mo most of mine are, like, personal notes for a few people who I, I think had good performances. Um, so, Charlie was actually the first field goal of the game for us, um, and it was off of a second chance point that he got the, the offensive board, um, and he had four rebounds, which is pretty good because he played, so Gavin had eight rebounds, but Charlie only played half the minutes that Gavin did, so, um, you know, relatively about the same. Uh, right. <clears throat> DeAndre actually, I feel like, did a pretty nice job handling the ball because he did bring the ball down for a majority of the time that he was in. Yeah. Um, and he didn't do bad on shooting. He was 3 of 5 from the field and 4 of 5 on free throws. I mean, so, he had 10 points. I think I'd, yeah. I'd have to check back, but I think that was his first double-digit double score. Yeah, like point-wise. Probably. I'd have to look back, but I... It, if this isn't, this is one of the first, like, double-digit games for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then I have on – so, Rati, of course, was was the player of the game, um, and he did score 20 points. I don't feel like it was the best shooting game for him because there were several that he missed. However, he was two of three from the three-point line, and he made some really clutch shots. So, um mm -hmm. I just want to make a note. I feel like that really shows how good of an offense it is that we run because the whole point of it is to, like, work the ball around and get good probability shots. The more you take, the more you make, you know? So his field, his field goals, he was only 8 of 14, which that's only about half, but he scored 20 points. Like, you get, exactly. a, bunch of, you get a bunch of open shots, you're going to have a lot more opportunities to score. Um, Gavin, I think that lately, I know Charlie usually struggles with free throws, but I think Gavin has been struggling with free throws lately too. A lot. Yeah. Saturday, he was seven of eight from free throws. You can tell he definitely has been working on it. He has been working on it. And he even drove in and scored one time from like the top of the key dribbled. And I normally would like, no, 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 no. But well, when he was, we both were like, no, 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 he's dribbling, no. And then he made it. I was like, all right. Like, okay, well, all right. Um, and last but not least, Nana did, like, really amazing on Saturday. Yeah, he had such a great game. He scored eight points in the first half. He was three of four field goals, four of four from the free throw line, 
three rebounds. He dunked. Yeah, he did well. Ten points. He did he awesome. He did really well. I think that was definitely one of his best games to date. It most definitely was. And, I mean, he got a lot of playing time due to Calvin getting in – well, Calvin and Charlie getting in foul trouble. Um, mm-hmm. So, I was glad to see, even though, like, obviously we were all upset that Calvin and Charlie were in foul trouble, which I feel like happens with Calvin a lot. Um, and that's just something I, mean, I agree. It's just, I, yeah, I have it on my grievances it's, it's, list. But I, I have it as well. I have the fouls on my grievance list as well. It's just so something we'll he's going to have to work on. But I was glad for Nana to have that opportunity to step in and get some good minutes. I mean, he played 16 minutes, so um, yeah. that was pretty good. And he did well, so I think that's that's helpful. So, those Agreed. are mine. <clears throat> Agreed. Yeah. There were most of the stuff that you saw, I, I am echoing as well. The second half, <clears throat> I agree with Rati. I think the first, I think the first half just in general was just really kind of slow and sluggish, um, which I'll mention in a little bit in my grievances, but like he really kind of stepped up a little bit more in that second half. I mean, obviously his shooting is still not exactly where it should be um, because we know he, he can be an amazing shooter. Like we know it's there just obviously just waiting for him to have that really big breakout game. This might be it. This might, this might've been that catalyst yeah. where he got some confidence under his belt again. Cause I feel like that happened last season too. Like in the very beginning of the season, he was really slow, you know, with the shooting, he didn't really come out of his shell really at all. And then the second half of the season, he started coming out more and like really kind of making those really good clutch shots and really getting open. So I feel like maybe that's just where we're at. Too. And of course, it's just the nature of the beast with 2020, 2020 season. It's just <clears throat> everybody's just kind of just in a weird kind of funk. And so I feel like that's just kind of where he is. But he, I think he had a really good sequence where I'm um, not a lot because he made, I don't even know if it was a wide open three or contested three. I can't remember. It might have been a little bit contested, but he made a three, drained it, and then quickly didn't, didn't, book, didn't freak out, didn't like do crazy shit. He immediately ran back on defense quickly and took a charge under the basket i mean like immediately so i mean i i really want to brag on rati for doing that you know there's a lot of guys that after like a big three like that they would just get like all up in there you know woo, freaking out celebrating which is fine but then they forget to get back on defense yeah you know and could easily give a basket away just because you're showboating um so i will give him that that was really great i want to see more of that um, good moments on D. I, we had how many turnovers again? Uh, 20. Tw- uh, 20. Uh, 20? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had, we had 20 turnovers, but I'm trying to think how many. <clears throat> we had 25 points off turnovers. That's what I was thinking of. Um, so we had 25 points off of turnovers, and I think that we, we did decent on on uh, defense. There were some good moments on defense, especially from like damn. damn. I almost called them Damn. Well, I guess you could. Damn. So, <laughs> so David and Cam, they had some good moments, like I said, you know, really making some disruptions. Um, uh, and I, I think it also went along with the fact that uh, UNO had some really bad, like, ball handling issues, and they really were traveling a lot, and it was being called, actually, for once. Yeah. And so that really helped with the turnovers um, on, obviously, on our ends. Like, we were getting the ball back. And scoring off of those turnovers, which was fantastic. And that's where I feel like in the past, like the past few games where that hasn't happened, like you can tell like when the games go our way is when we are getting those turnovers and those the points in the paint, the pips and the points off turnovers. 
I feel like those like two stats will kind of tell you how that game's going to go. Yeah. You know, that, and then of course, yeah. So turnovers and the, the pips. I mean, if our, the turnovers are going in our, in our waiver, then great. Let's go, baby. Let's go. And then if we're getting the pips, then even better. But if we're not, and we're turning the ball over and they're getting the points off turnovers and we're not even getting anything points in the paint. It's just not going to be well. It's just not going to do good for us. Um, and then I'm, yeah, definitely with Gavin with that drive to the basket. I mean, he didn't pump, he didn't clutch, no hesitation. He just drove straight in to the paint. He needs to do more of that. And obviously, you know, when I, we mentioned the 40 points in the paint, like all oh, those pips, we capped, I mean, that's almost like our bread and butter, especially with Gavin down there. And of course, Charlie and Calvin and now Nana, like we have the skill, we have the skill sets. We and on there in the paint to get those points in the paint. We just got to fucking hammer it in. Hammer it in. Okay. So good moments. Hesitant and Gavin. 25 points off turnovers. I mentioned that. And then lastly, I have to give a great shout out to our beer angel. Um, I'm, I think his name is Jaden. I think that's right. I think that's right. If you're, he's not listening because he probably doesn't know who the hell we are, but he will know eventually. Um, our little beer, obviously now you now, if you've seen, you've heard, we've talked about it. If you haven't been to a game yet, you'll know when you get there. You know, there's the Seats app where you can sit in your seat and get your beer, your drinks, your water, your snacks and things delivered straight to your seat. So our beer angel, uh, Jaden, he was the absolute best. Like, he knows exactly when he said, when he said, <laughs> the first round of beers he brought to us, he goes, I knew exactly who I was coming to. As soon as he <laughs> saw the section, the row and the seat, he was like, I know exactly who these were coming to. Cause it was the same type of beer, a Michelob Ultra for me and a seltzer for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're... so anytime he sees that combo, it's like, that's, that's my girls. Oh my God. We're nothing if not consistent. I mean. Oh, we're definitely consistent. Um, but yeah, he was the best. Anytime he would come, he would take our empties with him. And, you know, he was always just laughing and smiling and having a good time. Like, you would think that that type of job, like, literally, I don't even know if he's the only one. But, like... I don't either, but maybe. I don't know, but, like, he's he was running all over that damn creation of, the of you know, of the William R. Johnson delivering people drinks and food the whole time. Like, he was... And with a smile on his face. I would love to know how many steps he got from that game. Oh, my God, I know. Like, I mean, up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs. Like, you've got to be in some good-ass shape to do that, especially having to bring our asses beer one, two, three, at least four times, maybe more. Yeah, I think it was, like, four, but we were there for two games, so I'm We not were gonna, there for two games. I think we need to feel preface that. I, we didn't mention that beginning. We were there for the <laughs> doubleheader for the girls and the guys' game, so they were, we were there for a good four hours-ish. Yeah. Four out more than four hours because it was it like, felt like more than four yeah probably more to closer like, to five so I mean yeah. five hours five rounds of beer maybe ish you do the math anywho um, so I tweeted on Saturday during the game I was like I don't know if this beer delivery thing is the best thing to happen to us or the worst like <laughs> both it could be a little of both yeah both because. It's going to be great when we have those games that are super stressful. And I'm like, man, I just, I just really could use a beer. And voila, it's there. Um, but then there's going to be some days where we just, we overindulge a little bit. And then we have to like call our parents to come pick us up. <laughs> <laughs> but usually our parents are both there. So we just have to, we'll just have to hop up yeah. with them. I just have to um, make uh, Richard and John Alvin wait, wait for the school song to take me home. 
right? Or you could just hop in the car with us. Mm-hmm. Or we could have uh, Jerry and uh, Jim take us home. <laughs> they offered. They offered. Oh, my God. That was, anyway, that was a fun game. Oh, God. All right. So let's move on to the grievances. Your favorite section, the section you love to hate and hate to love. With the airing of grievances, I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. I actually watched that episode today. You watched it today? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. So Um, funny. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean... If you haven't watched Seinfeld, if you're listening out there in podcast world and you haven't watched a single episode of Seinfeld, drop what you're doing, put us on pause, go to Hulu or go to wherever you can watch Seinfeld and start watching Seinfeld immediately. Um, We would say we would I would say you could definitely start out of like chronological order, but. And like do the on on Hulu they have like the the most memorable episodes or something or like the most oh, popular yeah. most whatever episodes or whatever like where you can like start to see if those are like the shows like the episodes or the show you want to watch. Oh my god, it's like Stoop Nazis on there. Obviously, uh, Festivus, but it's not called Festivus. It's called. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of that episode is. Yeah, but it it says it. I think in in the. In the description, it talks about Festivus, but like the episode itself, I don't think it's called Festivus. No, it's reason. not. It's called. Well, I think else. it's called the Strike. The Strike, because isn't Kramer yep. on strike? The Strike. Yep. From his bagel place. Yeah, for like <laughs> ten years. Yeah, for ten years. Anyway, um, there's that Soup Nazi. I mean, there's a bunch of different episodes on there. So, like, again, just do it. Anyway, okay. So let's grieve. Let's let's grieve. Let's air these grievances. Oh, Jacqueline, I don't think you told them what I got you for your, for, your, for, for your birthday. Oh, I have a wonderful notebook that says airing of grievances on the front. Yeah, so now Jacqueline can take it to work or take it wherever, yeah. honestly. And, any you know, she could just fucking just write her fill, heart's Fill content. it up with grievances. Yeah. I, in, in my head, when I saw that online, I was like, thought immediately, I was like, you know what? This would be the, like the perfect, um, like, notebook to take to meetings in my head as, like, yeah. a joke. But I'm like, yeah. You shouldn't take that to meeting because it says Aaron Green was on it. But it'd be funny. But then I was like, man, or she could take it to like, you know, she could bring it to the basketball game to start. As I know. Like a joke too, but I thought about it. I don't know. It's okay. Anyway, so that first half slump that I that we kind of mentioned, I just feel like I don't know what to chalk it up to. Chalk it up to you know being basically on the bench for a while, not playing. Um, I don't know. It just it took like a while to kind of get our mojo and our juice flow in. Um, and I just, it just kind of was just frustrating in those kind of opening minutes of that first half there. Uh, even though UNO still was a one in seven team, it just felt like for like the first half of the first half, if that makes sense, that like we were like playing catch up to them almost like maybe not on the scoreboard, but just like they were, I mean, they had energy. UNO had energy, yeah. UNO had like had the juice flow in and like I could just see and I feel like that's why maybe Charlie and Nana and Nigel came in so quick. I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah. usually they don't come in that fast. Mm-mm. And they were in really fast. So I don't know. That's just my first grievance. It just that first half slump. It took us a while to get going. 
I mean, I even feel like maybe going into halftime too, we were still kind of like, but then of course, second half rolled around and I feel like we kind of, you know, got our kind of our sea legs back a little bit, but um, this next uh, grievance is (laughs) okay. So (laughs) I hate this ref so much. So this ref, I call him the red faced imp because he's really short. It's just such a, I feel so bad for doing this, but this is just how I like, this is how I see him. And bless his heart, he's probably the nicest man, but I don't really give a fuck. Anyway, he's super short and stocky, but like in his but his face gets like as red as a fucking tomato whenever they're on the court and playing. Um, which I have a side note about the refs that I need to mention a moment uh, I'm done talking about this. But he he I don't know, he always has it up for us. I feel like anytime he is our ref when he's on the court. I don't care. He is always just making really bad judgment calls and like really bad calls left and right on both sides, on our team, on UNO's team. Like I feel like anytime he's on the court, there's going to be at least one or two calls that he, that he himself calls. And it's just so egregious and it it, it makes no freaking sense. Um, Yes. There were 51 total personal fouls between both teams. Yes. It was evenly matched. Thank God. But Man, oh man, I just there's just something about that red faced imp ref that I just do not like. Maybe yeah. it's his face, I don't know. But and I also will say about the refs too. This is a big grievance. Is that I don't know. I wish I would have timed it. I guess the refs, this little group of refs, just think that COVID doesn't fucking exist because they were just not wearing their masks at all, barely. They had them around their fucking face. One of them was. It's been really inconsistent, though, because I feel like the first few few games they didn't, like, the refs didn't wear them, which I guess I'm kind of okay with because the players don't wear them during the game either, and I think, um, I would assume that the officials get tested before the game, too, so it's kind of all the same. But then for the ladies' game on Saturday, the refs were wearing masks the whole entire time, and then those refs weren't. So I was just kind of yeah, confused. I feel like that's where I'm more of a that's where I'm more grieving grievances about is the fact that it is super inconsistent. You're right. I'm like, so if they get tested, why? I mean, if the team doesn't have to wear the mask while they're playing, why do the refs have to wear the mask? Yeah, you know what I mean. I know. It's that's the same thing. And I'm the same confused. thing with all the people on the bench. It's like someone please explain that. Like, why does Keller have to wear a mask and then the players don't when they're on the court? I know. It literally makes zero sense. And, like, I do – I mean, I somewhat understand because my mom's like, well, I, I mean, if they're sitting down, they can wear them, and that's just, like, decreasing the the risk if they were to, like, yeah. breathe on each other or whatever. What's the, I mean, right. I, I'm not, like, opposed to it. It just doesn't really make sense that when they're sitting six feet apart, they're wearing them, but when they're breathing on each other in their faces, they're not. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if anybody <laughs> out there has, like, a logical explanation as to why – that is, I mean, and preferably someone in the healthcare field, please, if, if you're a fucking like armchair MD, like get the fuck out. I would prefer someone, you know, like John Irwin, for example, he's a fucking doctor in Chicago. Like, yeah. you know, he could explain it better than anyone else could ever. Could. I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, anywho, that, that just really irritated me. I'm like, throughout the whole girls game, all three of the refs literally had that mask on the entire, I mean, one dude, the one ref literally had it like fucking strapped <laughs> to his head the whole time. I know. Like it wasn't coming off. 
It would, and it had, he had like a little like, which still didn't make any sense, but had almost like a little slit or slot or something for his freaking whistle. Whistle, yeah. So he had his whistle in his mouth the whole time. It still didn't so, make sense on that respect, but anyway. Look at this. Um, Too bad we're oh, not. Oh, dear God, Scotty. Too bad we're not posting the video of this one because I have a little oh. guest in my lap now. Scotty. Little kitty cat. Meow. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on because I'll be on this all day if I keep bitching about the refs. But anyway, that was just weird. That was just weird. It was odd. Yeah, it was just odd. Made no sense. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to throw in a, ew, David, because as much as I love David so much, and I do, I I love David. I really do. I think he's a hard, hard, hard worker. He's a great leader on the team. But you you, you missed two threes back to back in two different spots in the same possession. Wide open. They're both wide open. Baby, what you doing? Wide open. Both of them. Both of them. Yep. I mean, basically at the top of the key almost, shot the three, mm-hmm. wide open, missed it. We got the rebound, thank God. You moved around to the left wing, stood there, got the ball tossed to you. Again, almost basically uncontested, wide open, shot it, missed it. In the same sequence, in the same possession, yeah. in two different spots. That That right there killed me. Yeah, it was not good. That just killed me. I was like, oh. And normally he's really good from the wings. And so that's why I was kind of yeah. like, I mean, he's good from everywhere, but like, I feel like his sweet spot is kind of in the wings. And so I was just like, Oh God, man, I just don't know about that one. Anyway. Okay. Um, we were in foul trouble like really early and that continued into the second half. Um, I was shocked as shit. I didn't realize Nigel, Nigel had five fouls. I didn't either, honestly. Until I just checked the friggin' box score. Like, I had no idea. I knew Calvin was in foul trouble. I knew Charlie was in foul trouble. Gavin felt, I felt like Gavin was in foul trouble. He only had three, but still. He had four. Gavin had four. He had four? I thought he only had three. Nope, he had four. Oh, he did have four. Who had three that I was looking at? Cam had three, and Nana had three. Cam and David had three, and then Nana, Nana had four. Oh, no, I'm looking Not, at fucking timeouts or yeah. turnovers. Oh, my God. I'm Not so dumb. I'm sorry. Three. Yeah. Gavin, three. Charlie I mean, and Gavin had four. Gavin, four. Cam, three. David only had one. Okay. Calvin. Calvin, three. Charlie, Nigel. Yeah, okay. I was looking at turnovers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Um, I just felt like we were, yeah, we were definitely in foul trouble really early. And I, like I said, I had no idea that Nigel even had five. Wow, when did that happen? I feel like I never heard them call Nigel's number. Maybe he did. I was like, yeah. the hell? We were just more concerned with, with Calvin getting the personal fouls and with, with Gavin getting the personal fouls. Charlie, yeah, whatever. I mean, but it's more concerning if, like, Calvin fouls out. Yeah. <laughs> or Gavin fouls yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. You know? Or, like, Cam or, or, or David or Rati fouls out. Like, our, our starting dudes. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, but we were just in foul trouble really early and that kind of threw a lot of things off. And then the last one, only six second chance points. Six. Six. What you doing, baby, down there? What are you doing? Not, get, friggin- not getting the offensive <laughs> rebounds. <laughs> How many fucking offensive rebounds did we have again? Nine. What, like nine? nine. Oh my God. Not oh enough. my God. Not enough for 20 missed shots? No. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. That 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 concludes my section. 
<laughs> oh, so yeah, I had I had a few of the same, the, the fouls. So, I mean, Kelvin just got in foul trouble the fastest. Like you said, so we had fast. several who were in big time foul trouble because we had Nigel foul out. We had Charlie and Gavin both with four, Nana, Calvin, and Cam all with three. But Calvin literally fouled twice within the first minute and a half yeah. of the game and then mm-hmm. had to sit down and then comes back in and picks up a third foul with like 11 and a half minutes left in the first half. Yeah, so he basically had to almost sit the majority of that second half. Or first half, I'm sorry. Yeah, he only ended up playing 17 minutes of a 40-minute game. That's when your starting five plays less than half the game because foul trouble that early. And like I said, I I feel like he's – I mean, he is a great player, and I brag on him consistently all the time, and I do think he's a great player. I do think that sometimes he's a little sloppy with his defense or he just gets himself in predicaments where – he might not necessarily, like, blatantly foul, but he makes it easy for the ref to call a foul. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, no, I agree with that. I mean, I, were some of his fouls, like, spot on warranted? Yeah. Were some, like, questionable? Eh, yeah. I mean, there were some, like, blocking fouls. I was like, man, I just don't know about that. Yeah, so, and that's tough because, you know, we want him to get blocks and, and stuff, and I know some of those plays – if if you don't make if you don't make them very strongly or correctly, like it's it's just an easy cop out for the ref to call a foul. But um, I feel like and like can, it's all ball. But they're yeah. yeah. But I feel like he'll do better with time of getting better positioning and just being for a sure. little being a little smarter about the predicaments that he gets himself in to get get these fouls. Um, the the first half, like you said, was super slow. Man, that like first half of the first half, I was like, "Are we watching a junior high game?" Like, are you kidding me? Like, we're we're like fighting and struggling to get in double digits here. Yeah, no, um, was not feeling that. Um, and another thing, and I didn't realize this until I was watching the game tonight and listening to Rob's commentary, but so far this season, Cam's free throws. He's at fifty five percent. That's just not enough, Cam, my darling. You're one of my favorites, but it for the kind of player that you are, and you're so strong to make a move to the bucket. Like you got you got to be getting us a seventy percent free throw percentage because you're gonna get fouled a lot. You got to do better than fifty five percent, you know, because we want him making those strong moves to the bucket and drawing a foul and have a better chance than 50% of making it. I mean, that's, that's, that's just a big one for me. That's got to be improved upon because he can really bring yeah. in some points. He was missing some really easy free throws. I mean, just. Well, he's, I mean, that's for the whole season. That's not for that game. Like. No, I know. Yeah. I, no, so. I know. I'm just saying like on the, at the game on Saturday, like he was, I mean, he was missing some just very, very just casual. It just didn't feel like he was like, prepared to shoot the free you know what I mean yeah. like he just jumped yeah. it up there like, like it wasn't, wasn't even close it. yeah because I yeah, think he like close. I think he like banked like two off the front of the rim and I'm just like oh yeah yeah exactly I'm like these are like fundamental things yeah. that you learn so early on is give it a little arch free. give it a little touch come on um yeah I I want to see better than that from him because he can really bring in some points if he can improve that free throw percentage. 
Um, Mm -hmm. Shooting overall, like I said when I read Sean Kennedy's stats, 46% for the first half just was not good. And and like you mentioned, David, with his uh, back-to-back missed threes, he was 0-3 from the three-point line. Um, So Mm -hmm. it was just not his day, and I get it. I get it as a shooter. Sometimes you just have an off day, but that it was just not an off. It was just not a day for him. Um, and also, I know, I know I did talk good about DeAndre handling the ball, and he did make some good layups, but he also missed several easy layups where I'm like, you know, that, I think that's going to come with him getting a little more playing time. But some of those just should have been made, and it, if he wants to handle the ball and get some more minutes, he's got he's to make some more of those. Um and my last one, Gavin had a really great game, but, you know, I, some of the screens he was trying to set, I was just like, like, there was one pick and roll that he did. I will say he actually did, like, correctly roll towards the ball, which they normally don't, and that gets me all hot and bothered. But, um, like, his roll was correct, but the screen, I was just like, where was the screen? Like, I did just because you, I noticed that. Just because you have your arms crossed on your chest doesn't make it a screen. Like... You gotta actually stop in front of the person you're screening. Otherwise, you're not doing anything. Like, and I just know when I played, I used to get so annoyed by that because as a shooter, if the play is set up for someone to ball screen, for you to make a move to the bucket, or for someone to screen so that, to screen a person so that you can get a pass and get an open shot. Well, if you're if you're simply just crossing your arms on your chest, but you're not actually like screening the person, then you might as well just not even run the play and try to pass it to me because you're not doing anything. Like that's not helping. That's my last little <sighs> grievance. Okay, no, I agree. I agree. So one word to describe the entire game analysis. My word I wrote down was mediocre, and when I say mediocre, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't amazing. It was mediocre. It was, I would give it like a C plus, you know, it wasn't B plus. It wasn't a minus material. It was definitely C plus material. We, we knew the game was easily winnable. We played a one in seven UNO team who has been struggling. Um, the game should have been way bigger, the, the, or the, the score should have been a way bigger gap than what it was at the end. Um, we kind of took our foot off the brake or the gas a little bit at the end. So I would say it was, it was mediocre. We did what we needed to do to win. And that's about it. Yeah. Mine was much the same. I just came up with adequate. It was, it was Mm -hmm. good enough. It was nothing stellar. It was nothing right home about. Um, however, I mean, it was, it was adequate. It was good enough. It got us the conference dub. So I guess I'm not going to complain too hard. Um, I will say I added on here Rob's word for the game because I was cracking up when I was watching it back on TV, like in the first half of the first half when we were just really dragging and moping about, um, he was like, Hmm, well, this is ugly, but perhaps it'll get better. (laughs) (laughs) I was dying. Dying. Ugly. He doesn't mince words, man. But perhaps. Perhaps it'll get better. Oh, it's like, oh, God. Indubitably. Here we go. I love it. I love it. All right, so now that Christmas is over, we are heading into the spring. Sem- I keep saying semester. I'm a teacher. My life is based off semesters, not months or years, really. 
Um, so we're heading into the spring, the spring season, and what better way to show your sweetheart or your friends that you love them for for, for Valentine's Day than just you get them on my plate? What a great Valentine's Day gift! Would be a good little Valentine's Day gift. I would. I will. What a great way to show, even if, especially if you did like a cool like uh, you know uh, personalized plate with like you know, your, your initials on it or something or something, something to show that you, you love, you love your sweetie. You love, you love your Valentine. You know, it's classic win-win. You get a sweet plate to show your ex pride, or you give one to your, your husband, your wife, your friend, your brother, your sister, your grandma, grandpa, and the athletic teams get about 50% of that purchase price. Um, Real fans have my plates. When you buy a five-year personalized purple SFA plate for my plates, uh, SF Athletics takes in almost two hundred fifty, almost that thousand dollars. Hey, but I mean, SF Athletics will take a donation of that much if you would, if you would like. You know, well, they for sure would. Um, <laughs> if you get yeah, the stacks like that, almost two hundred fifty dollars from your purchase it's a great way to support your favorite sfa teams um sfa makes great money on every type of plate even the one year background only which is only fifty dollars so even the one that is uh no personalization and it's just the pretty purple sfa logo background um and with, with like some random you know number digit letter thing on there uh it's only fifty dollars so again for those who are not super committed to things uh, it's your it's your best bet. It's your best bet. Or if you already have a plate, you can renew your five year plate, and SFA nearly gets almost four hundred dollars, which is bonkers insane. So if you have the old white SFA plate or the old SFA plate that has the red uh, the red in it, scratch that. We don't do the red no more. You can easily get that switched up and changed. You can get that purple SFA plate that supports SFA more than the old white plate. All you have to do is just call my plates, and they will help you figure it out and flip it over. Uh, too expensive, you say? Too expensive, you say? Can't afford all of it all at once? Well, my plates does free layaway, and this is for Matt Postins. Matt? Matt? Postins, I think is what he was saying. Postins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with the long O. Po, po. Yeah. So here's this is for him, the layaway program. I'm not going to explain <laughs> it again. Not going to do it again. But, but my, my plates does have a layaway program. You can pay over five, mo- five months and boom, you get your plates. Order no extra cost. So go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks and get up to a $50 rebate. Takes only a few minutes to do all of this. Super simple, super easy. Get it for yourself. Get it for your favorite val- lumberjack Valentine. And uh, again, go to www.myplates.com. Slash. Okay, so let's move on to some fan questions. So we had a couple. Um, let's save. Let's save the big one for glass. Okay. Matt. Yeah, so uh, Matt Atkins, he did mention, he did say, did the refs look for new jobs after the game? Man, I wish, because there were some uh, questionable calls, and there was at one point I definitely got out of my seat and wanted to yell really loud, uh, go back to your job at Foot Locker. That's my classic go-to. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, classic, classic ref jab. Uh, but I didn't. I reined it in. 
um, didn't want to get thrown out. I already had a few beers under my belt, so I didn't want to mm-hmm. didn't want to be that person that gets the first person to get thrown out with the beer in the stadium. So um, I, I reined it in. I reined it in. And then, uh, of course, <laughs> we, we just talked about Matt, uh, the other Matt. Rose <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Uh, he talked about Jerry uh, Palm having Sam Houston in bracketology today. I'm sorry, what? I know. Like, at least if you're going to pick a Southland team, pick Abilene Christian right now. Like, exactly. Why are you picking like, Sam? Like, I'm more offended for Abilene Christian than I am for <laughs> SFA at the moment. Like, what the fuck? You're going to put seven and five Sam Houston in bracketology and then leave out nine and two Abilene Christian? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm more upset for ACU than I am for SFA for, for getting for it for that. Jerry Paul, he must be alum or have a bear cat in the family. Like, what the actual fuck is that? I'm shooketh. I don't know. Don't just say. I, don't even know, no I honestly didn't even know that that was a thing until he tweeted that to us. And I'm like, wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, I hadn't heard anything wait about that. Wait a minute. Nuts. Absolute bananas. Just wild. And then we have the la- last question. This was from Renell. It's a really great question about our thoughts on the news of today about the NCAA tournament being held in Indianapolis, um, Indiana, and basically the surrounding areas near Indianapolis and our thoughts about their entire uh, kind of plan for that and the protocols and, you know, March, all the stuff with March Madness. So basically um, they announced today that they're going to hold the whole tournament in Indianapolis. Uh, There's a lot of details that are still formulating, but yeah, I'll hit, I'll hit the high point. So yeah, basically there's not a whole lot that is formalized at this moment. As far as dates, they've just said, um, that they'll announce who all's playing on Selection Sunday as normal. Um, and then the Final Four will still happen on April 3rd and 5th like it normally does. So we know it'll start and end at the same time as far as the in-between. Not really sure. Um, we do know that they're still planning on having the same number of teams. Um, there's been no sign that they're going to reduce the field from the 68 teams. Um Within the Indianapolis area, they're going to have six different venues that will host games. They have the Lucas Oil Stadium with two courts, but only one game at a time will be played there. They have Banker's Life Fieldhouse, which is where the Pacers play. Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is Butler. Indiana Farmers Coliseum, which is IUPUI. Uh, Mackey Arena, which is Purdue. And Assembly Hall, of course, Indiana. Um, or the other five venues, and the Indiana Convention Center will be used as a practice facility. Um, that's really about all that we know at this point. I don't know. Um, they haven't said anything about non-family member fans, so I'm not really expecting non-family member fans. But So that's really all we know so far. We know it'll be the same dates as normal, same amount of teams as normal, Six different venues within Indy area. That's about it. Yeah. I Selection Sunday is still scheduled for March 14th, and the Final Four is still planned for April 3rd and the 5th. So, again, like, like Jacqueline mentioned, the schedule is still kind of up in the air. I mean, hopefully still about the normal time period for um, 
for the tournament. So, uh, and there's also been, you mentioned that there's no sign that they want to reduce the field, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they haven't said so. Yeah, they're still saying 68 teams. So, I mean, I mean, because I, I would just have to say, I, I, feel, I feel like if they do decide, I really hope they don't. But if they did decide to reduce the field, I mean, that would severely impact a lot of these, a lot of us mid-major teams. Oh, I mean, yeah. Because what, what would that cut that down from being, uh, how many, 16 per thing? It would go down to, what, I mean, if they cut that in half, be eight, maybe? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, f I feel like if they <sighs> cut, I don't know, I have no idea, but I feel like if they cut down the number of teams that a lot of these automatic bids would be the ones to get cut first. Because that, I mean, that would make sense, you know, like fairness-wise, because I don't know. So you would think the automatic bid schools would, there would be no automatic bids, would all be at-large bids? I kind of feel like that would make the most sense. Or would it be more automatic bids only and then that's it? No, because the auto bids would be the ones that aren't as strong. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, true. Because they're not actually, they're just, I mean, obviously anything's a stereotype. I'm not saying because we've obviously beat people, but like. An auto bid, you're you're simply just like your conference is guaranteed one spot, but then you've got these other people that like actually make it in on their uh, whatever that score. I can't remember the acronym now, but this but that scoring um, system, they metric they use based on how many wins and the strength of your opponents. So yeah, I don't know. I can see that, but I also feel like a lot of the at that large teams are the teams that are like that are definitely like always in it like not not that the, uh, the auto bits like they're the ones that are always fucking winning anyway you know you got like teams like Duke you got teams like Michigan you got teams like yeah but those aren't know, auto bids you know. those are ones that like make it in like I'm saying auto bids as in like the one from the Southland who makes it conferences that are guaranteed just one spot of their winning Right, tournament. but I'm just saying I normally, think... normally those people that already the one that conference champion is the bid. Say that again. It kind of broke up for a isn't second. Isn't the Sorry. conference? So isn't the conference champion whoever wins the conference championship of that? They're the automatic bid in. Right, but what I'm saying yeah. is like there are some conferences that only have an auto bid. No, like yes, I agree. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not disagreeing with yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I, so I feel like it would be easier to get no, rid of those. Normally, the schools that are already in it are already the ones that already win the conference championships anyway. Like Right, and so I'm saying yes, if they take that away, yes. it's going to impact schools like us. Exa oh, yes, I agree. Yes. So that's I think what we I agree. Think. We were just saying yeah. it differently. Yeah, so that's what I would see them taking away first. Yeah, uh, so then, you know, then it would be up to just your merit, like your score, like how, how who have you played, yeah. and how you know have you did you win? Did you come close? Was it a blowout? Yeah, yeah. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Do you like the idea of having it all in one location? I mean, I think it makes sense for like I think that's the best that they can do. You know, um, I think so. I think for specifically just especially this year. Yeah, 
I mean, I'd rather them do this than not have it again at all. So I think I think that's the best that they can do. And I mean, if you think about it, like it would, way they can contain it and make sure that it would almost be like the pod scenario of the tournament we were supposed to play in because you <laughs> until you get to the final then, four, you're only playing the people in your little bracket. So that's so true. But then, of course, you went into the same problem mm-hmm. that we had with the fucking tournament where what happens if you get there and then your yeah. team gets picked out because you get COVID. Who the, I mean, yeah. And I if, guess the same. if that happens, I guess a lot of people are just going to get default wins, you know, that's that, what I'm saying. I don't know what so else then, you do at that point. Yeah, no. And I know we're doing something like speculations, like, well, what if this happens? And what if this happens? Like all these different, like what if scenarios, but it's like, but those are legitimate questions. It's like, you know, then a lot of people are really are already saying it, but then they're really gonna say like, "Wow, this is like another like asterisk type year where whoever yeah. wins may not win based off of like decent quality wins or upset one because so and so got COVID and they couldn't play and so they just default win, right? Or they couldn't find someone to replace them in the, you know what I mean? Like first round, yeah, they could possibly potentially find schools if it was quick to or had enough time to replace them. I don't know how they could, but it's possible, you know? So like, say for example, SFA goes, and, and I'm not gonna bring that people on us again, Never mind. if ACU goes or yeah. something, and then like they get COVID and then we replace them. You know what I mean? In the first, like if you get to round like fucking Sweet 16, Elite Eight, you can't get teams, like that's not fair to replace. So then you just yeah. got an automatic win. Yeah, I don't think they would do the replacement thing at any point just simply because I think they would just keep who they brought in. You know what I mean? Because I would think so too. even in that tournament I mean, that we played in, the only times they were going to bring people in, they were teams that were already there. You know what I mean? Yeah, <clears> they were already really at that tournament. It wasn't like a new thing. But um, here's the thing. This is what it's going to boil down to. It's going to boil down to whatever arrangement they come up with. If like the big power five schools like it and want to do it because if you get a bunch of big power five schools that are like yeah no like f that we're not going to do that because there's not good enough chances of us getting tv time and money and they back out then it's all going to fall apart and i haven't had a chance to bring this up because i don't even know if we've done a podcast since then but whenever so first of all duke women's basketball has decided to not play the rest of the season yeah they just stopped playing yeah and i can't even remember who it was they played but duke played somebody and lost like pretty badly and then coach k came out like literally right after the game like maybe later that night or the next day and like made this statement and here's the thing i talked about this with my dad and i'm like i don't even i do not even disagree with him Like, he was saying, I just don't even know if, like, playing this season is the best idea. Like, there's just so many unknown variables, and you don't know game to game. Like, all the things that we've been saying this whole season that we've been podcasting. And I don't disagree with him. He's not wrong. But his timing was awful. Could not have been worse. Because then it literally... Here's the thing. Like, no one disagrees with what you're saying, Coach K. That is everyone else's problem and grievance with this season. But the fact that you just said it after you got a 25 point loss makes it literally look like you're just being a crybaby like well I agree could not especially have been when if you look back because they were doing like a side-by-side where you look back a few months 
And it was like, the NCAA cannot survive if we don't play or something like that. And it was like, why has your tune changed just in lost like three or four games? Well, and he, he's actually had, like, he's said some stuff before about not <clears throat> not wanting to play the season like this. However, like, you can't come out and make that statement after you lose. Like, it just doesn't look good. It just didn't look good for him. But now I think he, well, I don't know if he has it. The last article I saw said that he had been exposed to someone who tested positive, so he's, like, missing the next two games, I think. But I don't think he has it. But anyhow. Lord. So I don't know. It de- I, in my opinion, it depends on how happy the big, like the big money schools yeah, are. It's always it's always down to the power five schools. With it whatever, always, always yeah, with whatever the arrangement is. <clears throat> and if they whatever they decide to do is what is what's going to happen because, and then the rest of us little you know mid major schools are going to get the fucking you know backlash for it because it's it's always been about power five schools and always will be. You know, if, if heaven forbid, if Kentucky or Duke or Kansas don't like something or Michigan don't like something or Gonzaga doesn't like something um, and they pull out of something they're like, well, that's it. Our moneymakers are gone. Fold it up. Pack it in. We're going home because nobody gives a shit about what the rest of us want to do. So um, my my opinion on it is, is what I kind of said earlier was the fact I'd rather have it this way than have it than not have it at all. Like we had last year. Knock on wood. Um, I'm very interested to see how they handle the fan situation. If they do continue to do it this way, if it will be just like close family and whatever they want to do with that. Um, or if it's just limited fan attendance, um, I will also be very interested to see how they handle like the downtime. Um, like if you're not playing, like what do you, are you just sequester to your rooms like what do you do because i mean like in the pot in the bubble situation like in the nba i mean they at least had disney i mean obviously they couldn't like go and play in the park but like you know our, our team's gonna allow to bring their families or um you know there's just a lot of questions there's just a lot of questions in regards to how this will all happen and then again like what happens like we mentioned what happens if a team does you know they do testing and one of the teams that's like a major like one or two seed gets covid i guess they're out okay they're done um the teams that they were slated to play get off move on it's like i would love and for everything i really would um it'll be interesting to say the least very very interesting so good question very good Good. question Um, and we'll keep everybody updated as more information out. I mean, if, if they make any changes or new announcements or anything, um, interesting too, that it's in Indiana, it's a really good area. There's a lot of different places obviously that are available to play. Um, there's a lot of assembly hall, Hinkle, field house, like there's a lot of different places to go. So, yeah. And I've heard India is like such a cool city. I've never been there. Where? Indy. Oh, Indy. I thought you said India. I'm like, what? Mm-mm. Indy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. You, I guess your mic went out for a second. I was like, what? That's not a city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I would, I would, if they allow fans and we're able to get, I mean, we're able to go, that would be fun. 
I would love to go, but we'll have to see about that one. I know. I just don't see them allowing fans, but we'll see. I don't either. I, I don't either. I agree. I don't, I don't either. And I mean, although I would love to go, I think it'd be an interesting experience. I just don't know if it would even be worth it to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Again, if this is the, you know what I mean? Like, and I've said this for a lot of things, same thing with like football and like other sports, like, you know, if for some reason we're struggling in any sport, like if this is the year that we fuck up and not do anything, like I'd rather <laughs> be this year. I just wish we would have taken the postseason ban this year. Me too. I think, but I think we're in, in the, in a large majority. twenty man. Which, I mean, shoulda, coulda, woulda at yeah. this point. I mean, who would have known that it would have been this big of a fucking shit show? You know, we had no idea. I mean, fuck, we all thought that this should have been done by summer of 2020. So we were in fucking, like, la-la land. We sure were. I mean, I I thought nothing was going to happen when they canceled the tournament. I was like... Yeah. I was like, this is all bullshit. <laughs> Boo! Oh, yeah. we knew then what that we seems like now. forever ago. It's, you know, that seems that seems honestly feels like it feels ages like ago, a lifetime like a ago. Oh my god. A whole lifetime really? of college basketball that we missed. Oh, it's just insane. It's just it's insane to think about the year that the year that didn't happen, you know, like all the things that could have happened and should have happened and and then didn't happen because of COVID. It's just, it's just wild, wild. Yeah, we're gonna um, grieve. We're gonna grieve over that for the rest of our lives. But oh, anyhow, no, no. moving on. No. Our next men's basketball game is next Wednesday, January thirteenth, at home versus Central Arkansas. Um, so remember, we were supposed to play this Wednesday, the sixth against Aiden Corpus Christi, but it has been postponed. I guess they had someone test positive. I don't know. Probably at this um, point. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but, so, another, like, week and a half before we play next. And that's okay. Give yeah. us a little bit of time to relax. And another break. Man, if it's going to be like this all season, it's just going to be so weird. I know. I know. Um, it's like every game is like the start of the season all over again. Like, we're getting used to each other. That's what it, that's what it feels like. I mean, that's what it feels like. But... And what can you do, man? There's not many can't do anything. Can't wait. No. Nothing. I don't know. There's nothing, nothing you or I can do about it, unfortunately. It sucks. It really does. But, uh, I mean, I am kind of thankful that we don't have a game this week because I just have so much going on with work and stuff, so. Yeah, first week back. It would be just, brutal, I know. Yeah. I know, it's brutal. I mean, today wasn't so bad. I really didn't do just because I just was not in the mood. Um but I had a couple meetings I had to attend today virtually, of course, um, because our school can't figure out how to do anything in person. So safely, <laughs> bunch of fucking morons, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's don't easy. Even, yeah. Don't even, that. That's a whole nother grievance that y'all don't, want. but anywho. So again, at, we have no game this week. Next game is next week. And just hold on to your hats, guys. Conference has begun. Fingers crossed that we get through all the rest of the games without any more postponements or cancellations. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, do whatever you do at home to spread luck. Um, fingers crossed, crossed, eyes crossed, whatever. <laughs> um, 
you know, do some rain dances, put on your lucky t-shirt, maybe do some, I don't know, some seances. I don't know. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> light, light a good luck candle. I don't know. Do something to make sure that we can play the rest of our games successfully and don't have any more issues with COVID. That would be fantastic. All right. So hope you guys have a really good night. Have a good week. And always remember to Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks.